따라 Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm your Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas, Christmas time is here. Okay, that's enough. That's enough of me. If you you haven't figured it out, (laughs) it's the Christmas episode. We're doing Christmas things with Hannah Waddingham. (laughs) Hannah Waddingham. So, Waddingham, 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 Waddingham. I think it, yeah, I think it's Waddingham. Oh, we're yeah. already off to a banging start. We're doing great. <laughs> Hannah Waddingham's Christmas Spectacular at the London Coliseum in uh, England. Uh, Hannah Waddingham Home for Christmas. Yeah, that's not what Christmas, I said. Not Christmas Spectacular. Spe- it, well, you know. <laughs> That's the American version. That's the American title. That's Christmas Spectacular. You said the True. British title. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, that it's was the, the British same, title. It's the Home same for Christmas. Thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but because it is uh, Christmas, the, the episodes of our podcast usually drop on Mondays. We figured we'd take a little bit of a break from the normal Ted Lasso to to cover Hannah's Christmas special since this episode's going to be releasing on Christmas Day. You are listening to this on Christmas Day or sometime after. Yes, we are not recording on Christmas Day, but I am drinking. I You're drinking drink. like it's Christmas. Yes, I am. Well, this is the second the second try. So, the first <laughs> try was wine that had corked. So, I'm on to bourbon now. <laughs> I've taken a step up. You stepped away from the taint wine. Oh yeah, that that one's good. <laughs> that's the that's the straight bourbon. Yeah, it is with one ice cube. Oh, there you go. D- to make it cold. Yeah, to chill it. That's all. <laughs> chill it. It's, it's like a when people drink. It's like when people add like the splash of water to the whiskey. Yeah, that's how we bartenders knew that you were dealing with a true alcoholic when they just wanted straight whiskey and a splash of water. What the, what does the splash of water do? It nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nothing. I I guess it was, see, I have a mixer. <laughs> I'm not drinking it straight. Now nobody cares. Every After COVID, everybody's like, yeah, I drink a lot. What are you going to do about it? The world's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they, they told me I needed to drink water after my whiskey, so I'm just putting a splash just in my whiskey. Just putting it together. Put yeah. your hands together. Well, so, Mer- so first of all, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to everyone. No, Merry Christmas and, to you. Oh, and to each other. Well, we're going to actually say Merry Christmas on Christmas Day. Okay, but Merry Christmas. Just play along, all <laughs> okay, right? Merry, <sighs> Merry Christmas, Kristen. Merry Christmas, Ben. See, wasn't that nice? It was like John and Yoko. <laughs> the, oh, no. <laughs> except except we're better than that. And, and, and we didn't ruin the Beatles. Right, exactly. But no, they they say that to each other at the end of um, the Christmas song that John Lennon sings. Oh, do they? Yeah. I don't think I listened to that song long enough to hear that part. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> then now now we're off the rails. <laughs> we were off the rails before. That's okay. It's, so, 
Hannah Waddingham, Home for Christmas, the British version, Christmas Spectacular, the American version. That's not right at all, but go ahead. <laughs> I just finished watching it a few minutes ago. I finished um, it last night. Yeah. It was fun. It is a really very delightful Christmas special. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, I do have a couple notes on, on a couple things, but nothing too bad. But for the most part, I was very pleased with every, almost every aspect of the special. I think the most impressive part about the whole thing for me was all three of her dresses. The, the costume, yeah, the, the costume changes that she went through were, <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me. And as somebody who has done theater, there were moments where I almost got worried for her <laughs> because she, the first dress she's wearing, by the way, we're going to spoil if you haven't seen it yet, we apologize, but uh, hopefully you'll have seen it by now. When she comes up through the floor, yeah, the train of her dress was kind of spread out where I was like, oh, that's going to get caught. That's going to get stuck. That's going to get stuck. Oh, she made it. Okay. Whew. <laughs> well, there was, she had like, she had some kind of like twill underneath the bottom of that gold dress. It was black and it kind of flared out the bottom of the dress a little bit. So I think that that was, um, it, it, there was no way that that was going to, to hitch on anything. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, she looked like a beautiful gold statue in the beginning. Yeah. And, and I, I will say too, um, in that, for that gold dress, uh, you know that was professionally designed too because it had pockets for the microphone packs in the Yes, back. it did. Uh, that, all three of her dresses did. Yeah, so they blended in with the dress. You didn't see like these boxes just sticking out on the back. It was pretty pretty spectacular. My favorite dress that she wore was that white dress though. Oh, see, I just, mine, mine was the red. She was I a got, knockout in that red dress. Well, she has legs for days, yeah. first of all. Yeah, I love it when she got into the jacuzzi with the dress because I'm like, she she was like, he's like, get in. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, how are we going to do this? I can't wait to see how we're going to do this. And she just got in. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So the costume department, sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure these were segments that were, the the segment with, with Brett Goldstein and the segment with Juno Temple, I'm sure were filmed after. Oh no no no! Absolutely. What I'm yeah. saying, what I'm saying is that um, I could see the costume department spending like months on this one dress, and she just <laughs> gets into the jacuzzi. <laughs> she gets into a jacuzzi, an inflatable jacuzzi too. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that. I did. It was an inflatable hot tub. Which... I like it that he goes. I put it in your rider. <laughs> That he's Brett Goldstein is putting things in Hannah's rider so that he gets stuff. Yeah, right. So, but I mean, like, I was happy to see Brett Goldstein. I mean, if you look at the the guest stars that were a part of this, um, just the Ted Lasso ones alone, you had uh, Brett Goldstein and Judo Temple that we mentioned. Uh, Sadakis makes an appearance at the end. Phil Dunster, Nick Muhammad, <clears throat> excuse me, James Lance, Brendan Hunt, Cola Bikini, Billy Harris. Like, there were a ton of. Ted Lasso people that popped up. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I really appreciated about this too is because yes, it was from Apple who also produced Lasso. Uh, Ted, Ted Lasso and was giving Hannah this opportunity to, to do this special. They didn't make it just Ted Lasso. Like they really put a spotlight on some of her other friends throughout her theater background. 
Yes. I also like the fact that we saw Sam from Game of Thrones. Sam from Who? Did you not notice that when she said that I was on this show about dragons? And oh, he's in the audience. Over? Yeah, yes. he was in the audience. Yeah. But it was nice. It was a nice little nod to uh, her time on Game of Thrones, which I actually had forgotten about. Um, She's the shame bell ringer. No, no, no. I understand that. But oh. I, I forgot as in. I said, why is there a Game of Thrones person here? And even when she said, from a show you may recall with dragons, I'm like, but I don't understand the connection. It wasn't until like a full minute later that I said, oh, yeah, because I just don't put her with that show anymore. Okay. You yeah. Know, she's well, her I mean, own entity. Well, and her role in that, in that show was very small. Uh, iconic. Well, it's an iconic role, but it was still yeah. a small role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an iconic role just because people still quote it and play it as a sound effect, like constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, but ding, ding. yeah, but it wasn't a very large role for her in that special. Um, I, cause I don't even think other than outside of theater, nobody really knew who Hannah was at that time. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I haven't looked at her IMDB, uh, filmography, but, um, one of my favorite things that she did that I think um, should be one of the normal things or uh, just the the default of what celebrities do is she hid her daughter's face but mm -hmm. kept her daughter in the show um, from the back of her head. I thought that was brilliant. I, you know, there's a lot of people that do that, like Kristen Shepard, uh, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, Jeremy Renner, now Han Hannah Waddingham. Um, you know, they all keep their kids very private into themselves. And I think that that's really smart not to, um, overexpose these innocent kids when you don't have to, you know, giving them their chance at having a normal life, you know? Mm -hmm. So no, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I was, you know, it, she does it in the opening of the, of the show. Uh, and then she does it again when she's doing the dedications on stage to her parents and to her daughter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. It's the camera is behind her daughter. So you never see her daughter's face at all. Which is one. And she even said like, mom, good luck and blah, blah, blah. And she talked to her daughter in the beginning. And then it was so sweet that her mother was there. And then adorable story about how she grew up in that theater watching her mom perform um for 30 years at that um at that stage so i love that she had all those wonderful personal touches that she she did just for herself she didn't do it to like say look at me and how amazing i am she did it cuz she wanted to honor her family mm -hmm. and that speaks to who she is as a person um, I think more so than anything else that she did. Yeah. And, and you're right. The personal touch of, you know, she tells that story about how she was sitting in that particular balcony at the age of eight years old, watching her mother perform on the stage that she was standing on. Mm -hmm. And now she's standing on the stage while her own eight year old daughter is sitting in that very seat mm -hmm. that she was sitting in. It was incredibly sweet. And I didn't know the background or the extent of her background to the point where her mother was also a theater performer yeah. for as long as she was. Mm -hmm. So this legitimately is in her blood. Yes, 100%. You know. Her poor father. 
<laughs> well, I mean, but but then you know, you say her poor father, but when she because she she dedicates the song "Oh Holy Night" to her mother and her daughter. She um, nailed that song. That song is one of my favorite numbers of the entire. It's one of two of my favorite numbers of the entire show. Yeah. And then to see her father actually wiping tears crying, yeah, from his so face, crying, crying, you know at his daughter's performance was just incredibly sweet and incredibly moving. Oh no, I'm just saying his poor father, her poor father, because that had to be a lot of, I mean, two big stage personalities in one house. And then his her father, I just, cause I was a big personality growing up and I come from the theater and I come from mm-hmm. chorus and everything. And I just know that one of me in the house was enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of drama. <laughs> so, um I will say, you know, I I I'll go into one of my nitpicks now cuz you kind of sure. touched on it a little bit. <clears throat> and again, it's it's very easy to write off, but I feel like with the number of people that were part of that special, like I mentioned all the people from Ted Lasso and and such, I feel like that whole opening should have been cut and the special should have started with her on stage because I would have preferred for all those people to be surprises Oh, as we were going forward. I liked it. I liked, um, I liked it that Brennan hunt had the sign that said, go Hannah, (laughs) go and and then then do it later over duet later. (laughs) Um, I loved being like, oh, there's there's McAdoo, and oh, 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 there's Colin, and oh my gosh, it's it's uh, it's Jamie Tart, you know, and it was funny seeing Jamie Tart like as part of the ensemble so many mm-hmm. so many times. Um, I'm glad that he got his like cute little moment in the sun, and he got to sing. Um, Which holy what song shit! Did he sing. Um, he was uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And he did very well. He was fantastic. He w- he did very well in his little, you know, his red tuxedo suit that was very nice and complimented um Hannah so well and yeah, I really 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 loved that whole sequence with Jamie Tart and Danny and Adam were watching it with me and Danny's like is he lasso? I go, he's lasso. <laughs> Cause both of their ears perked up when they said, and from Hamilton. And they're both like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. Um, who was, who was also, uh, fantastic, but I mean, it's Leslie Odom Jr. I mean, uh, I'll tell you who was really surprising to me was Luke Evans. I'm I'm familiar with Luke Evans as a villain in the Fast and Furious movies. Okay. So I like I know him as a British actor. I never knew he had a theater background. I think these days you'd have to have a theater background. I th- yeah, especially in the UK. Yes. Like especially particularly in the UK. I think you I think your career usually does better if you have a theater background of some sort. So I am reading um Prince Henry's book Spare right now. And he said he was writing that in order to graduate from Eton, which is, you know, the school that he went to. And I wonder if this is true for all or for most British schools, finishing mm-hmm. schools, whatever they're called. I don't know. Um, he said that they have to have a theater element. It's required. You have to get up and perform in on stage in one of the performances. And so they had him up and he 
he dodged it and dodged it and dodged it and didn't want to do it um, because he felt like his whole life he was always performing in front of people, you know, in Which front of the Which is kind of an accurate stuff. feeling. Right. Yeah. So he dodged it as much as he could. But I found it was really interesting that they had that element as a requirement to graduate because you'd never have that here in America. And I think that that's really cool. And we should probably bring that here. I was just going to say, like, you and I share that we were both theater kids in, mm-hmm. in high school, you know, and growing up. I was a theater kid in middle school, you know, even before high school. Yeah. And then I continued in the, into, into high school. But that's where our know, people are. True. Yeah. But we, we live in a country where, uh, unfortunately, a lot of schools are fighting to keep arts programs, whereas, you know, over in the UK, they are requirements in order to graduate. Yeah. I agree with you. That should be the case here as well. Yes, we should learn how to talk to each other, how to talk to each other in front of people, how to follow directions. How to work with others. How to work with others, how to play. And I mean, acting or being on stage is listening. You know, you're listening and you're responding. That's all it is, really. And we are a country that doesn't listen anymore. Mm -hmm. We haven't listened for years. Um, And I'm sure that we could say the same thing about British people. But I think foreign you know, for the most part, you know, British people are lovely. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I I agree. I think theater should be a a recommend, it should be a requirement of high school and middle school nowadays. Yeah. Like at some point throughout your middle school and high school career, you should have to contribute and be a part of some kind of drama program. Yes. I yeah, or speaking. I mean, if you don't want to do drama public fine, speaking, do public yeah. speaking, but you should learn how to work with others and speak in front of a crowd. Those two things I think are essential to adulthood. Um so, so theater or or debate even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did both. Um and I did chorus <laughs> cuz of course I did. Um but going back to Hannah Hannah Waddingham's sh- um show, I do love that everybody was up on that stage as much as they could. And I wonder if Jason Sudeikis wasn't on stage because he was an American. And I think he might have been the only American. Um, I think you're right, actually. No, nope, Leslie Odom Jr. is not is Well, is he? I don't know. Well, but he's also com- he also has a theater background. Okay. So it makes well, a little obviously. bit of a sense whereas Sudeikis doesn't. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is American. He was born in okay. New York. All right. Um, but because I remember that when he was on uh, – shit, whose podcast was he on? I think it was Rob Lowe's podcast. No, Mark Summers. Mark Summers had him on his podcast, and he was talking about his upbringing through New York and getting into theater. Okay. Um, but yeah, so but I think it's probably because he does have the theater background that he was able to do it. So maybe that's exactly it. Sudeikis probably felt like he just well, Brendan Hunt is American. That's and he true. Was so so we're stage. we're squashing this whole point. Well, Sudeikis also I think started an improv, so that is stage work, and being yeah. on SNL that's stage work as well. So I don't know why he didn't go on. I mean, I liked. Maybe he thought maybe he would take away from her moment. Maybe. I'm actually very curious. It's something I've been trying to find, and I haven't been able to find it yet. But I know – oh, actually, I just found it. Um, the special was filmed in May. 
So, because usually anytime they do these specials right. that are going to release at Christmas, they have to record them earlier. So, yeah, it was going to be months before. Uh, but it was filmed at the London Coliseum in May. So I'm wondering if maybe it was just a scheduling conflict. Maybe. Yeah, because he looked like he hadn't worn a uh, Ted Lasso mustache in a while. Yeah. So I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost wondering if they had they had wrapped on Lasso at that point. Mm. And he was already back in the States and he was probably already working on something new. Yeah, maybe. And it was just a scheduling conflict. And then he came back over to do the the little vignettes in between. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm I'm sure he probably would have been there if he could. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't see Sudeikis as the kind of person saying like, no, that's not my thing. No, um, which is why I thought maybe because he was American, but no, there was two other Americans there. So because if you I thought- if, if you look at the opposite, she came over for his when he uh, did that. Yes, that's true. <clears throat> and they performed shallow together on stage. So I I have no doubt that Sudeikis would have been there if he could. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that they got him in no matter what. Um. Yeah. Nick Mohammed w- was my favorite part. He was he was fantastic. When he came out with just the one little clump of snow and just like threw it out there, that was that was it for me. We blew the budget <laughs> on the dress. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they make you, I'm sure it wasn't the case, but they make you believe that he's up above the stage like the entire time. I feel like they went back to him enough times that maybe he was <laughs> Well, I don't know because I'm pretty sure like so the special itself was 44 minutes, but I'm confident it was much longer if you were there in person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that ha- there's a lot of other songs, too. Yeah, this had to have been at least like a two hour performance if you were if you were there in person. So I, I'm I'm very curious. I would love to see like an extended cut of yes. this at some point to see more. Um, but. I, I highly doubt he was up there the entire the entire time, but it got to the point where, you know, like he, they draw him up into the rafters and then they lower the curtains so you can't see him. That was the, the best. I did not expect the curtains to be lowered. <laughs> <laughs> but then she's still having he's still talking to her while he's while the curtain is lowered. Right. He's like, I'm still up here. Just wanted to yeah. let you. I'm sorry. Hang on. My microphone. OK. He said. I'm still up here just for anybody that wants to know. Well, because he's getting ready to introduce Leslie Odom Jr. And she mentions one project and he's like, oh, and he was also fantastic at Central Park. Yeah. Like he's, he's throwing out these other things. And then that's the last you kind of hear from him until the last number. When he lowers and he's tossing the snow out of, oh, of the yeah, bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like, I, I enjoyed it because... By the time the last number came out and he's there again hanging, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was up there the whole time. (laughs) Well, I think Danny even asked a couple of times, is that guy still up there? (laughs) But you're right. The him coming out, you know, her talking about how like at at the beginning of the show when she was like, you know, uh, we're going to be having snow in the building. And then he comes out and just throws the one handful (laughs) And he's like, we blew the budget on your dress. <laughs> She's like, it's a great dress. <laughs> yeah. That really set a tone for a number, for like kind of like the, just the fun nature. It was that cheeky. This, yeah. It was mm-hmm. just the fun nature that this show was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and it was, 
it, it was a lot of fun. I needed a little bit more Trent Crim. Yeah. That's my nitpick is I needed more Trent Crim. So, so my other nitpick, and maybe this is just me. Probably. Um, I, I know you will probably at least understand the reference. I feel like they could have done better. And I forget what song it was that she was doing that I really noticed it. Because it was only during one song that I really noticed it. But there was something going on with the way they did her makeup in combination with the camera angle being directly in front of her and the lighting on her face, that there were one or two moments where she looked like Voldemort. I did not get that. There were one or two very quick moments where it looked like she did not have a nose. You could not see the contours of her nose. All you could see were the nostrils. Really? I did not see that. And it kind of took me out of it for a very brief time. But like I saw it and I was like, oh, like that's not a, oh, it's back to music. Like, uh, you know, it took me out of it for a, a brief second, the, mm-hmm. the one or two times that I saw it. But I did not I, notice that. It has, I thought she just looked like the perfect radiation of happiness and she, joy. I'm telling you, my crush on Hannah Waddingham grows every day. I want that white dress. And this special, I want Hannah in the red one. <laughs> you sound creepy when you say know, that. That was like the creepiest thing you've ever said. I want Hannah in the red one. Yeah. Giggity giggity. Like <laughs> something very wrong with what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure we're you're just, not the one that's drinking? We're just gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Cause I'm not editing it out. <laughs> um so of all the musical numbers, so we got eight musical numbers throughout the special. Yeah. Um, my two favorites, and then I'll, I'll let you do yours too. Cause there was one, I actually was like, or that was okay. Um, and that was run Rudolph run with Sam Ryder. I was like, eh, this one's, it's okay. It's fun, but it's all right. It, it um, didn't blow me I away. don't know who he is. He is a musician from Eurovision, I- which is the, the big music contest that they do in Europe. Oh, is year. it like American Idol or something? Uh, yes, but to the nth degree. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's huge. Like it's, it's a American idol is just singers from the U S singing. Eurovision is a European contest. It is bands from different. It's like the Olympics of music. Oh, okay. And he was a winner. I, I don't know if he was a winner or not, but I know he was a performer. Um, I'm trying to see, let's see. Uh, He's he's British, so yeah, British singer, songwriter, producer, composer, social media personality, rose to prominence in 2020 after posting music covers on TikTok during the first UK lockdown. Um, so he's TikTok famous. He's TikTok famous. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that that's a real thing yet, but you know, also, I also don't think that being a YouTuber is a real thing. Um, Mainly because I have middle school students that think that they're putting all of their hopes and dreams into YouTube and TikTok. That I believe is a pipe dream. It's terrifying thought that all of these kids are skipping out on their education because they think they're going to make it big in YouTube and TikTok. Yeah. So when I see TikTok famous people and YouTube famous people, I get a little irksome because I don't think it's bringing out a very good message for you know doing what you're supposed to do. But that's the crotchety teacher in me that wants 
children no, to I, get their education. I you are, I think you are absolutely correct in your thoughts. Um, you know, I, I, I can name maybe a handful of people who have made legitimate careers out of streaming. And each and every one of these people that I'm thinking of has not, they don't make their money just from streaming. It's literally turning their streams into a company. Right. Meaning So you have to have that. Yeah. You have to have the business acumen to do that. It's not, you're not just going to make money by sitting in front of your computer the whole time. But like you have to do other stuff with it. That's what's being told to them. Well, and, and that's I, where I they only, need the education. Right. And I only yeah. say this because I see this literally every day of my life. Uh, so I'm not just like saying something that I read on the internet. I'm speaking from real life here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. The, one of the YouTube shows that I watch every morning is Rhett and Link um, from Good Mythical Morning. I think they're absolutely hysterical, but they have created a, a, an entire company around this. They have over 100 employees. They have merchandise. They have all these other investments that they do that makes it viable so they can survive as streamers. Mm -hmm. It's not just getting in front of the camera and streaming every day. That's not how you're going to do it. Yeah. But you also need to get the education to get the business acumen to do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. No. I get it. Yeah. Um, get it. But okay. So that's who yeah. that guy is. <laughs> so so that number I thought was just okay. Uh, all the other numbers I thought were great. My two favorites of the night. Uh, I mentioned um, the Oh Holy Night that she did with the Eno Cry uh, Chorus. And the Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas with Phil Dunster and the fabulous Lounge Boys, uh, Lounge Swingers, I thought was great because I I really I like that swing or that like that lounge kind of music, yeah. the so, kind that you drape yourself over a piano and you just yeah. start crooning, and you, you just start crooning with like a drink in your hand and like yes. that. I love that kind of stuff. Very um, Bing Crosby. <laughs> Bing Crosby, Sinatra, Michael Bublé, like that's, yeah. yeah, that's, so I, plus Phil Dunster kind of blew me away because I didn't know he could sing. I'm not surprised. Are you? No, I'm really he not. He could have, he could have very easily landed himself in a boy band instead of Ted Lasso. <laughs> that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Please Come Home for Christmas with Leslie Odom Jr. was a close runner up too. It was really good. I wish he would have taken his sunglasses off. <laughs> showed his eyes a little bit. Well, you know, Leslie, Mr. Mr. Aaron Burr, sir, this was, you know, this was about um, Hannah Waddington. This wasn't about you being a big, big fat movie star. Take off your sunglasses and sing a cute song with, with uh, Rebecca, please. Thank you. Yeah. Rebecca Welton and so Aaron Burr, sir. So any that stood out from you as favorites? Oh, Holy Night. Okay. Oh, Holy Night it has a very special place in my heart, too. It's my favorite Christmas song. I love singing it every year. Um, there was this woman at my parents' church years ago that used to sing it every year. And people used to come to the Christmas church service to hear her sing Oh, Holy Night. She was so good. And then one year, she just didn't do it. And nobody said it. Nobody said that she wasn't going to do it that year, and it was somebody different. And you could uh, you could hear the disappointment <laughs> in in the church sanctuary, like you just heard everybody going like, "Oh, What's happening right now." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since then, you know, um, we were only at that church a couple more years after that, but church attendance on Christmas went down. 
Well, because she was probably the, she was the headliner. She was a big draw. She was amazing. Amazing. So, you know, I kind of hold Oh Holy Night to her standard and Hannah Waddingham just blew it out of the park. I mean, the variation that she did on that song, the, um, the scale changes, um, the key changes that she did within the song. I just think it was beautiful. And she sang it to her family. She sang it to her daughter. Her father cried at the end. It was a perfect, perfect moment. Yeah. And, and she cried when she got off stage. And I got to say, too, you know, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the weaker moments for me, like Run, Rudolph, Run. Um, Hannah nailed every song she did. Oh. Every song she did. Yeah, she, well, she was very much trained in opera. I trained in opera in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And so um, having gone through that training, it is, it takes a toll on you. Like there's singing and then there is opera singing. And opera singing takes like your whole body. You sing from your toes. Um you have to have a really strong diaphragm. Your lungs have to be intact. You are stretching your vocal cords more than they will probably ever be stretched in your life. There is serious warm up that has to happen. And she just beautifully sang um, when she went into opera mode. A cu- and she went into opera mode a couple of times. Um, you know, that once she said that her fa- her mother was um, a mezzo soprano um, while she was growing up, it Everything fell in place for me after she said that because opera singers, they are their own category of singer. Like I really, really feel like opera singers are are top-notch singers. Oh, yeah. When it comes to, you know, the pecking order, like slide to the left, Beyonce, slide to the right, Taylor Swift, you got opera, you know? Yeah. I'm actually looking at, I didn't realize it. Um, you know, I mentioned Luke Evans and how I didn't realize he was a singer. He's got two studio albums out. Well, is one of them a Christmas album? Uh, no. Well, no. That sucks. Uh, but they're relatively recent. One, The first one was from 2019. The other one's from 2022. Oh, cool. So I might have to check them out. And apparently, oh, that's right. I haven't seen that movie yet, which is why I didn't realize it. Doesn't Luke Evans also play Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast? I didn't see that. I haven't seen any of the live actions. Um, I think, yeah, he's he's Gaston in the live action. So wow, him and he is Josh- a very non-Gaston <laughs> physical type. So he sings on the soundtrack, The Beauty and the Beast as well, because, you know, there are songs that Gaston sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no um, one. <laughs> yeah. Blank Gaston and the mob song at the end, which the mob song is actually one of my favorite Disney songs. Mm. Oh, now yeah. Kill the Beast. Yeah. Now we're getting off topic. <laughs> as, <laughs> okay. as if we weren't already. Okay, um, sure. All in all, I really enjoyed this special. I, I'm watching. I, I'm going to watch it again. It's going to get thrown into rotation for me every year. Yeah. I mean, did did they make an album from it as well? It is. I don't know if there's an album, but the music from it is on Spotify and Amazon Music. Okay. So it is available to stream. Okay. Just the eight songs or are there more? I think it's just the eight songs. I'm looking at Amazon Music right now and it's just the eight songs. Okay. Um, I'd have to check Spotify to see if there's additional songs. 
I would imagine if there were additional songs, though, it means that there is footage to do more. More. Yeah. Oh, and the London uh, men's gay chorus mm-hmm. were perfection. Oh, yeah. I loved. And, and then, like, because in the beginning, when she introduces them, they all stand up and they're in uh, the balcony seats, which I thought the balcony box seats, which I thought was just such a cute little addition to include choral singers that high because the acoustics of that room were beautiful. But then at the very end in the final number, when she introduces them one more time, the rest of the chorus, I mean, because you still have the guys that are in the in the balcony seats, um, the balcony box seats, but then the rest of the chorus, which I guess is a huge chorus, filled up the aisles yeah. um, on the main floor. And I just thought in that moment, I'm looking at just the Christmas colors and the lights and the music and the joy. And I just thought to myself, and I knew in that moment, and I knew the whole time that it had been recorded months ago, but mm-hmm. you there's no way that you left that theater not immediately just being in the Christmas spirit. It, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would have had to have felt very Christmas, yeah, Christmas spirit. And then you go out in May and you're like, everybody's like, want a popsicle? And you're like, no, I want some eggnog and some brandy. jacket off. (laughs) Well, and and the other thing too, like they don't show it, but well, they show like a little bit of it, but it makes you realize that in between those costume changes, which take a lot longer than what is shown on screen, Mm -hmm. that, that the gay choir was probably performing both times that she was doing costume changes, which were probably like intermissions. They were yes. probably like a good 10, 15 minutes long. It was probably so good. Yeah. And they were just giving their performances in between. So I would love it if they did like the little drummer boy. I just want to see more of this special. I do too. I want to see it in full. Yeah. 44 minutes wasn't long enough. Yeah. I agree. But it was that. fun. It was really fun. And, um, you know, the people that were there in the audience that, you know, the lasso people, at least that were in the audience, they just looked happy to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. just rooting off, rooting on their friend, like Sam Obasanya. He doesn't do a thing. He just sits there in the audience. But yeah, if he didn't look like he was enjoying every moment of being there, you know, that's, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful when people just put their ego to the side and they can just have joy and light for, their friends, their friends' and, success, and you—you you know they genuinely became in the three years that they did lasso. They became a family, and they were all there supporting a member of their family. And it was, yeah. but it was also fun seeing, you know, Trent Crim, you know, seeing James Lance, seeing uh, Cola Bikini, seeing Billy Harris and uh, Brendan Hunt, seeing those guys up on stage dancing with the candy canes and keeping up with all of the other background dancers that were on stage there. Because they were dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it was fun to see Phil Dunster do the little like slide across the stage uh, <laughs> yeah. during his his number with Hannah and the lounge swingers, singers, uh-huh. swingers or singers? Swingers. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was the whole thing was was really well done and um a one of those like instant family classics for sure. Yeah, like I said, this is going to get this is going to get thrown into rotation every year. Yeah. So go out and watch it if you haven't watched it yet. It's 44 yes. minutes. And it's available on Amazon TV Plus. So, I'm and sure Apple you- Apple TV. 
Oh, sorry. Um, I, I meant Apple, not Amazon. <laughs> I had Amazon in the brain because I was looking at Amazon Music for the soundtrack, um, which I did check Spotify, actually, and it is available on Spotify. It's just those eight songs. Okay. So, but the music is out there. But if you have an opportunity to to check out Apple and see the special, go and watch the special. Remember, it's, it's Hannah Waddingham's Christmas Spectacular, no. a.k.a. Home for Christmas. No, it's just called Home for Christmas. Christmas Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me uh, america everything is a spectacular come on this is true so um yeah so the next time you'll be hearing us will be new year's day uh and we'll be back with coverage of ted lasso we'll be bringing you uh season two episode two lavender which uh is a is a season two is a lot of fun I love season two. I love season three too. I, you know what? I love it all. I love the, I love the whole show. It doesn't matter, but we're, we're getting into some fun stuff with season two. Um, it's rather, uh, it's, it's unfortunate because we are two, two, three, two have three episodes away from the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso, I know. which timing wise, it didn't, it would have been perfect if it happened a couple weeks before. And we were doing that at Christmas, but, um, we didn't want to skip ahead just to do that episode and, 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 you know, then have to backtrack a couple episodes. Yeah. So, but, you know, we'll just stay in the Christmas spirit a little bit longer. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get a little bit of Christmas in January when we're covering that episode. You know what? So. I think we got Christmas in the middle of the year, didn't we? Or did, did this show come out during Christmas? Did this episode come out during Christmas when it originally aired the Christmas episode? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. When did that episode? I am filled with good questions. Um, yeah, because I, I wonder if that episode actually did air around Christmas. I'll tell you in a second. Um, but uh, so I mean, we'll we'll do it a little bit later. But let's see. So, stop clicking on that episode. That's not the one I want. Jeez. Uh, so Carol the bells. Yeah, it aired in August. Yeah, okay, so it's fine. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to be in Christmas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it aired August 13th, 2021. I got to see if there is anything objectionable in that episode, because I would love to show it to the kids, because it's I, such a good episode of television. I just watched it last night. Um, there is the only... We'll talk about it after we're done recording. Okay. Because um, just in case anybody's listening, I don't want to spoil anything. But... Um, yeah, so New Year's Day, we'll be back with continuing the coverage of Ted Lasso. The only other thing I want to make mention of uh, before we get out of here is over on my Wilhelm podcast, I'm doing, uh, actually released today, same day, my year-end special, which is the feedback special. No, I forgot. You still, we're recording this early, so you still have time. Oh, okay. <laughs> at the time we're recording this, I haven't recorded it yet, but it is releasing at the same time as this. One. Okay. Sorry. Time is all wibbly wobbly. Um, time. It's recorded, it's recorded Christmas Eve and airing on Christmas Day. So you have time. Okay. But if you're, um, but for the listeners, it's already out. Ha-ha. So. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> but go over to wilhelmpodcast.com and check that out. I had a bunch of people leave me feedback with some of their favorite TV shows and movies for Christmas. And then I revealed my own as well. So okay. uh, I reveal my top five favorite Christmas movies and my top five favorite 
Christmas episodes of television. Ooh. Which there's a couple. There's quite a few. I'm excited. So, uh, anything you want to put out there for Christmas or even for the end of the year before we get out? You know, I do. Um, I saw this quote the other day and I just thought that it was really good. Um, and I want to leave it for people that I think maybe like me, where we didn't really have, where we had the, um, I'm trying to find it real quick. So, you know what? I can't find it, but that's okay. I'm just going to talk because <laughs> it's, it's taking too long. I can find it. It's just taking too long. Um, you know, the past three years have been just stressful for everybody and in more in, in some for in more ways than others. For some of you, maybe the last three years have been really good. Um, I'd like to know your secret um, because <laughs> I, I the last three years have been kind of a garbage dump dumpster fire for for all of us. Um, I'm ending this year kind of on a bittersweet note. I had to leave one of my jobs and I'm starting a new one in January. And it was a really difficult decision. Um, not one that I wanted to make. Um, but I had to make that decision. And it it was for my mental health. It was for my kids, uh, for one of my children's safety. Um, but it it puts kind of a sour note on the end of the year. And I saw something the other day that said, Something to the effect of, you know, there's a lot of people that say finish the year strong and you don't have to finish the year strong. You can finish the year by just protecting yourself and watching um, watching Christmas movies and eating raw cookie dough and just putting yourself around people that you love and that you trust and, you know, celebrating the small moments that you that you've had and looking forward to the next year. You don't need to go out with a bang. You don't need to accomplish anything to make this year worthwhile. You don't need to do any of that. The only thing that you need to do is just finish out the year with a little bit of calm, a little bit of peace and some love and joy in your heart. And if Ben and I have helped you do any of that, at all this year. If we have brought laughter to you, if we've brought emotion to you to make you feel like you totally disagree with us and you shake your fist at your car stereo, whatever, <laughs> um, then I'm so glad that we made a small little dent in your life because I think that it's those small dents that make our life really fun. And for every small thing that has happened to me that I have taken for granted, um, I just want to be grateful for it, especially at the end of a really difficult year. And this has been a very difficult year. Very difficult. Um, so yeah, you don't need us. You don't need to finish the year strong. Just finish it in whatever pocket of peace that you can find. Uh, I don't really think there's any reason for me to say anything after that. Cause I think that was incredibly well said. And I agree with every single word that you said. So I'm just going to wrap things up with that uh, as our closer and just say Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Be safe. Be well. Enjoy the time that you have with your loved ones, whether they be friends or family. Um, and we will be back on New Year's Day with another episode. So until then, I'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Merry Christmas, baby. Ha, 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 ha.